welcome to hey great shot this is the great shot podcast a crack rackets antenna channel podcast network production my name is alex gruskin on today's show we've got another edition of the deciding point our weekly breakdown of Everything that happens in the Division One college tennis world, of course, here on Wednesday nights on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel, we break down all the Division One men's college tennis action. And much like we said on yesterday's show, we have gotten into the meat of the 2023 college tennis schedule. We have conference play beginning all over the country, spring break trips providing us plenty of entertaining tennis as well. So many results for us to discuss here on today's show and helping me break down each and every result as he does each and every week is a returning champion here on our Cracked Rackets podcast. A man you know best as the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula predictions never far from the listed UTR, one of the many dames to root for the Liberty Flames and of course now the lean, mean, vegan machine. I mean, for God's sakes, he has a chin. It's our dear friend, Chris Halioris. Chris, hey, great shot. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. How are you? Oh, it is always a pleasure to have the opportunity to chat college tennis with you. And again, March is a fantastic month on the college tennis calendar for us here at Crack Rack. It's on the, on the tennis calendar more broadly. You have the Sunshine Swing, so Indian Wells, Miami on the ATP WTA Tour. You have fantastic college tennis every Thursday through Sunday. And, you know, we had SMU versus Old Dominion and SMU versus San Diego these past two days as well. So really, you're guaranteed at least one good college tennis match every single day. To answer your question, Chris, I'm doing phenomenally. I mean, we had broadcast these past two days. We were right into our SEC coverage tomorrow. I love this portion of the calendar, and obviously it provides us plenty of fodder for today's show on the podcast. We're going to get into it all. We'll talk about all the latest SEC, ACC results. Obviously, we saw what South Carolina did to Ohio State today at home, so we'll naturally discuss that match. We'll get into our rankings, get into the newest ITA rankings, get into the week ahead, and so much more. It's a jam-packed podcast for all of you listeners, and again, my new goal uh <laughs> chris management's been getting on me about getting this show an hour or under so that's our new show the the big wigs at crack rackets have been t- coming to my office and asking that we do that moving forward you think we're going to be able to tackle this week in an hour i i think we can do it i really want to know whether the motivation is to shut you up or me up but i'm okay either way I promise it's not you. That's the answer to that question. But no, again, we got a jam-packed show for all of you tennis fans. We're excited, obviously, for it. And any of you tuning in live here on YouTube, of course, any questions you all have, feel free to throw them in the chat. But of course, before we get into everything, got to give a shout out to our sponsor here on this show. Shout out to our dear friends at LS for their support, not just of us here at Crack Rackets, but obviously of the college tennis world. And I wear LS gear each and every day on this show. This is one of those rare exceptions. Yesterday, it was in the laundry. Today, it's just beautifully folded, and I didn't want to disturb the laundry that I did do. And so, again, I'll be back rocking the LS gear next week. All of you should be rocking that gear as well, whether it be the sweatshirts, the polos, you name it, their catalog, exceptional. And not only will you feel comfortable, but you're going to look stylish. You're going to perform your best to learn more click on the link in the description to this podcast. A massive shout out to our friends at LS 
for their support of this show. All right. All of that said, Chris, we did this on yesterday's podcast. So if you want to hear my extended thoughts, tune into the top of yesterday's show, breaking down all the Division One women's action with John Parsons. But of course, I do want to get your thoughts, Chris, before we get into any results. The big announcement a couple of days ago, Universal Tennis announcing that National Intercollegiate Tennis Championships, those NIT uh, matches going to be happening May 17th through the 20th in Atlanta, Georgia. Your thoughts on the announcement of that event? I, pretty plain and simple for me. Look, I'm in favor of anything that helps promote the scope, the sport of college tennis. So, uh, you know, the fact that we're going to get to see college tennis on Amazon Prime uh, at the, you know, gr- I mean, I understand there are going to be people that say, hey, it's the same time as NCAAs and it's obviously not the NCAA teams. That's fine. I mean, it's going to be so we got two things to watch any. But in my mind, anything that gets more college tennis out there and look, you're you are straddled with the the issue of the fact that once the season's over, kids are not sticking around. They're leaving. So if you were going to do something like that, it has to be before the end of the season. You can't do it during the season. So that's really about the only choice they had. Maybe in the future we see events like that in the fall. Who knows? I hope they're working on something like that. But bottom line, the more the more college tennis we can get on TV and on national media, mainstream broadcast is I think it's great. That was a beautiful summary of, I think, the way many would feel about the event. Yes, there are still many individual details to work out who what the field will look like, how it will all be coordinated. But all college tennis events are good college tennis events. And this is another one on the calendar that I know all of us are looking forward to watching unfold. All right. I appreciate how curt you were. I think that's the right word in that answer. Maybe we will make it under the hour mark here today because we have so many different results to discuss. Let's get into all of them now. We got to start with South Carolina. And I think the discussion we have to have about this South Carolina team now isn't just about the fact that they go 3-0 and over the past three matches, e- extremely impressive victories over Kentucky, over Vanderbilt. Now today they 4-1 Ohio State at home. They take the doubles point. They win three straight set matches in singles, Chris. I think the conversation we have to have is South Carolina has entered the tier one conversation, haven't they? You look for the Gamecocks now this season, 13 and one overall. And we were there for their match against Georgia, where they take the doubles point and, you know, again, get good victories at the top of the lineup before dropping a couple three setters elsewhere. I mean, you look for them, though. They bounce back. They get wins over Baylor, North Carolina at that event. They've now beaten Kentucky. They now have a win over Ohio State as well. I saw you put out a tweet earlier that with this victory, they're now projected to move up to number two in next week's rankings. I mean, look, we knew before the start of the season, all this cast of characters, we knew Watching the pro results, Toby Samuel was destined to start the year big. And you look for Samuel. Yeah, there have been some blips, but 10 and two overall at the number one spot. You know, that's not playing around. You look for Connor Thompson. Yeah, he loses. And by the way, Samuel, excuse me, 11 and two with his victory today. Straight sets over Boulay. You look for Connor Thompson. Cannon Kingsley got him today. But Thompson's also 10 and two to start the season. And I mean, we've talked about him on past shows, but boy, has he stepped up throughout the course of this season. And then, you know, the big match, the big number has been Story, who gets the clinching victory today as well. But across the board, 
Beasley does it against Kentucky. He gets the three-set win over Kusne to clinch, and we had the opportunity to watch that match. His aggression down the home stretch, the serving and volleying. I mean, just talk about the stones on the fifth-year Jake Beasley down the home stretch of that match. You know, Hool, Lambling, all these guys have experience. Is this team tier one good? Yeah, oh, they're absolutely tier one good. And I'll tell you what, the MVP and the guy that I, I'll kind of call him my, he's he's basically my Texas of the <laughs> South Carolina lineup because I'm always the guy that's like, even though Texas has all the talent in the world, I find a reason to be like, eh, I'm not sold yet. I don't know. Something's wrong. It's Jake Beasley. I mean, this is the guy that I've been all year. I'm, ah, I, you know, I don't know. I wish we had another option at six. And yet, like you said, he comes in, he gets the win over Cosne. He absolutely dismantled Robbie Cash today uh, at six. He's getting it done. And if you're, if that's what they're going to get out of Jake Beasley at six and, and Casey Houle at five, and those were the two spots where we say, yeah, we know the top four, what are they going to get out of five and six? If they're getting what they're getting out of Houle and Beasley at five and six, they're absolutely national championship contenders. Yeah, and I mean, the craziest thing, I think, when you look for this team, of course, we mentioned Samuel and Thompson, what they've done at the top of the lineup, what Story's done as well. He's 10-2 and and now 11-2 and overall in the year. This team is 28-6 and in double sets. 28-6. and They've dropped one doubles point. They dropped it to North Carolina at the National Indoors. It's worth noting they beat North Carolina in the doubles point when uh, South Carolina beat them at home back in January. How many times have we said this year? The key is going to be needing three singles victories, not four. Because you can find a pathway to three. Everyone can find a pathway to three. It is going to be damn near impossible to find a pathway to four repeatedly down the home stretch of the NCAA tournament. And I mean, Samuel and Thompson are ridiculous at the number one spot. And they get a really good win today over Trotter and Luchanik. Um Six four, you know. Again, the real thing though, the team that has stepped up are Lambling and Hool, and Lambling and Hool with the win today over Tracy and Kingsley. They're now seven and two overall on the year. Obviously, Beasley's story for what it's worth, they lost today. Fine, eleven and three this season. They can find the doubles point in different ways. It's the same system, the same principles on every court. And let's just like again, I know we keep saying it, and this isn't to take away anything from the players, but like. I'm not saying other coaches don't have a stock as hot, but no coaching stock is hotter than Josh Goffey's. Like this team is so well coached and they believe in themselves. Again, everyone executes what they need to execute on their specific court, whether it's the servant volley for Beasley down at six, whether it's, you know, the plus one games of Samuel and Thompson up top. I mean, look, first weekend of the SEC season and you're handed the gauntlet that is Kentucky, you know, and then right away that Wednesday, you got to play Ohio State. They beat Kentucky on the road. They get the victory over Ohio State. They're now the favorites in the SEC, right? Definitely. I mean, the win over. I mean, you had to think the top two teams coming in were South Carolina, Kentucky. And so that win automatically kind of kind of put them there. And now, I mean, just the momentum they're going to have after beating Kentucky and now taking care of Ohio state at home. Definitely, definitely the favorite. And I want, I'll go, I want to go back for just a second and I won't take too long and touch on your, your coach Goffey comment. And I mean that you couldn't be more spot on there and it's for every reason you can imagine. It's not just 
how well he coaches. It's, you know, you have coaches that are, you know, at one extreme, they're the dictator, they're the tyrant, and the players hate it. And then you have the other extreme where they're the player's best friend, but they're not do you know, they're like the parent that's not really the parent, but they're the friend. And then you have the perfect balance in between. And Coach Goffey is just that. I mean, you know, he's great for the players. He's a great coach. Everybody, his peers respect him. Everybody likes him. He's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, I mean, this guy, it, it's, it's one of those deals where if there was a job open and it was the job to have, that's the first name on the list. Yeah, I think that's fair. And here's the big thing for South Carolina. I talked about, you know, they're in the pole position now in the SEC. They go to Starkville. They go to Oxford. Georgia's at home. Tennessee's at home. Florida's at home. They're at A&M, who we're going to talk about in a second here. But, like, again, most of their big conference matches now are at home the rest of the way. And this is an experienced group. I mean, again, we didn't really talk about it, but we can get into the specifics here. Four and three for Samuel over Boulay. Toby Samuel's that good. Like, I don't think that's the one that shocks us. Beasley beat Cash two and two today. Cash had lost one time entering today's match. Like for Beasley to get the clinch over Cousine in three, now to beat Cash two and two, Story five and three over Bernard, Tracy and Lambling was the battle you'd expect, Trotter, Hool, a battle as well. But like, that's really well done, Chris. And I mean, again, first match outdoors for the Buckeyes. I think this tells me more about South Carolina than it does Ohio State. I'm going to give them some time to get acclimated to outdoors. But, man, oh, man, that is a really good win. I mean, it was a butt whooping. <laughs> there's no yeah, way. There's no, no two ways about it. Yeah, and like I said, that, the impressive part to me was the bottom of the lineup. I yeah. expect Thompson and Samuel to, you know, I expect that in most matches they're they're looking at, you know, better than a 50% time they split, right? I mean, Thompson, you know, Samuel's been great. Thompson's been good. And I, so I expect better than a 50-50 split. If they're, and I expect, you know, what we've seen in doubles, which is 80 plus percent of the time they're winning the doubles point. But I think you said they've only dropped one. If you're going to get doubles, you're going to get one of the top two. You're, you know, story lambling. You're going to get one of those. All you got to do is get one of those bottom two. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's a really good win. And I don't I didn't want to come on and I don't want to make this about the Ohio State because we can easily now flip it and go. Okay, what's the deal with Ohio State? We're outdoors. Everyone's going to start the, oh, it's outdoor season, Ohio State. I'm going to start the, where the hell is Jack Anthrop? Okay, I it has to happen. There's no way we're getting to May and Jack Anthrop's not in that lineup outdoors. Is it one more match? Is it five more matches? I don't know, but it's going to happen. But, but to, you know, we've talked about in the past, how the hell do you bench Robbie Cash, who hasn't lost a match yet until today? I mean, you you don't, right? So, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm not I I wouldn't throw you know too many alarms up, but it's not a great look for Ohio State to get beaten like this outdoors uh, at South Carolina. But I don't think it's because of Ohio State. This is all credit to South Carolina. They were just fantastic today. Yeah, I mean. And against Kentucky on the road, under the lights, at night. And look, 
you know, South Carolina came out and smacked Kentucky in doubles. They they were up early. Well, I guess Thompson Samuel got a late break, but they did a job. You know, Beasley and Story, not only 6-2 Lapidot and Mercer at that number two double spot, but again, Story's week, he, he gets a win over Bernard. He gets a win over Body, who was undefeated going into that match at four. Like, James Story is back. You know, Beasley's playing the best tennis of his career now at six. The wins over Costanay and, you know, again, a win over uh, Cash as well. Look, Jaden Weeks got a really good win at five, but I thought Casey Houle did his job in winning that first set, keeping the pressure on uh, Kentucky, specifically after Draxel rolled Samuel at the number one spot. Thompson wins a tight breaker against Lafayette. Like, we were on the call for this match. This was... This is what an NCAA quarterfinal looks like. Two really good teams comes down to a third set under the lights. Beasley executes a little better with his aggression serving and balling. Like, congrats, South Carolina. You just had a mock NCAA quarterfinal weekend. And then you have the other experience where sometimes it's all clicking and you just roll a really good team. And that's what South Carolina did on Wednesday against Ohio State. And it's like now they've entered the tier one conversation. And I don't think you propel Kentucky or Ohio State out of that conversation, Chris. I just think it's now a six-team tier. Maybe even seven after you watch Virginia do what they did to Florida State this weekend. You can't have watched that match, Chris, and tell me they're not back into the conversation as well. That's just an eye test thing. But, like, that would be my take is it's now a six, it's now a six depending on how you think, seven-team tier. Yeah, I, I've never really moved, if you will, Virginia uh, I mean, I, I would me, me neither. I agree. You know, it, it's much like last year when they had the slow start and and we were all like, yeah, but they're still like top seven going into indoors or top five going indoors, even though they got seated 12. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you have to based off the record. It's the same. It's the same kind of thing. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, all of those teams are still very much in the conversation. Uh, you know, I don't think this doesn't this doesn't take Ohio State out of it. It just it firmly entrenches South Carolina, you know, in it and probably above them. Right there. I mean, they deserve to, to be given the teams they've just beaten. They deserve to be where they are right now. And, you know, in the live rankings, which is at number two. I mean, that's, I'm not going to I'm not going to shy away from it. Let's do it quickly, though. Do you pull Bernard and go Trotter for cash five Anthrop six? No, I pull you Robbie go, cash. I'm pulling cash. <sighs> I know he's undefeated. I love his aggression indoors. We get outdoors. I'm just not playing him. I don't know if I, it's a really hard choice. And it's it's obviously it's nothing personal, personal. I love him and I love watching him and it's great. But man, if you want, if you're telling me, Hey, you got one match, it's on you. You're making the decisions. You must win. What's your lineup. He's the guy I'm not playing. He's playing doubles, no question. I mean, I'll He's tell the you best double player on the team. I agree. Anthrop's getting looks. Like he has looked so good indoors as well. I just I need to see it. I need to see all of it. I think you try every combination. You got plenty of matches on the horizon. So I think you try them all. You see if anyone does stand out. It's gonna be a fun thing to monitor. Again, this is both a burden and a blessing. When you go nine guys deep, you got you can only play six in singles, and you got to figure out who that sixth guy is. Uh, but with that said, again. South Carolina is going to be up to number two wins over Kentucky, Ohio State, Vanderbilt. They are now tier one. Welcome. Welcome to the tier one national championship conversation. We probably should have had you there earlier. 
Let's move on, though, to some of the other SEC results because, again, there were plenty of them. Unfortunately, this match was moved indoors, so no one got the chance to see it. But, like, I remember last week how we talked about how after, you know, a really slow start, I forget what team we said was back, but that's Auburn now. Oh, it was Auburn during the blue-gray, and it's Auburn again. I mean, again, SEC is brutal, and early in the conference schedule, you got to win your home matches. This Auburn team, which again, so many different veterans up and down the roster, but this Auburn team does exactly that. They protect their home court. And you look for Auburn to drop the doubles point, yet get victories in straight sets at five, at six. They get a huge win, uh, obviously, uh, at the number two spot from Alejandro Moreno as well. And then Look, it was just good ball. Finn Mergett, Emil Hud down the home stretch. Mergett six one in the third. He clinches to give the victory to Auburn. Now, it was tough as later on in the weekend, I believe Auburn took a loss on Saturday to Georgia. But like, God, Georgia Tennessee as your first SEC weekend. Welcome to conference play, gentlemen. I think a splits are job well done. Like Auburn stays in the top sixteen conversation. Yeah, I you can't. I mean, obviously they want to go two and zero, but the you know staring at the possibility of going zero and two, you kind of think, yeah, it's not the end of the world if we come out of this one and one. It's it might actually be pretty good, especially from a rankings perspective, and and that's exactly what they did. Look, I I talked to I talked to Coach Hushiar a fair amount, and I think one of the things that these guys are going to be working on throughout the year is that this you know you talked about it in the SEC. There are no matches off. And it's that you have to have that level of consistency where just you play one great match on Thursday and you knocked off Tennessee. Well, guess what? Now you're playing Georgia. There's no, oh, let's be, let's come off this high and 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 we can take, we can come down a little bit. No, you've got to, you got to go play Georgia now. And, you know, you've got some some guys out there that just have to get used to playing that constant good level all the time. But there's no question after what they did at the blue gray after knocking off Tennessee, they're back, they're top 16 team. And uh, you know, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a fun one. We're going to be on the call tomorrow for their match at Mississippi state. So uh, another, you know, real test, that's a road match. So you're getting a road match, two teams that are both right in that sort of 15 to 20 ish type range. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. I mean, look, Huge weekend for Billy Blades. Goes 2-0 at the sixth spot. That's a new piece they're working in for Auburn. The one thing that shocked me, they went 0-2 in doubles points. Like, Auburn was really good at doubles last year. Yep. They're not right now. And that's got to change if this team wants to stay in the top 16 conversation. Tennessee's obviously still in that top 16 conversation, Chris, but have they been knocked out of top eight contention? You look for the volunteers now, obviously massive national indoors for Tennessee to recover the way that they did dropping a first match to Virginia, but then wins over Stanford in Illinois. Still, you look for this Tennessee team. uh, They're what nine and five now overall. Is there still enough meat on the bone because the SEC is the SEC that they could be top eight? I mean, there is look, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. They're almost in the our backs against the wall. Uh, Got to win out. Sort you know, of you, yeah, you almost yeah. have to. Exactly. You almost have to sort of win out kind of thing. But it's possible there. Obviously, they've got a lot of good teams left on, on the schedule. So it's there. It's by no means out of, out of the question. 
but they yeah it's not it's definitely not looking good i mean that the odds are they're just battling for a top 16 you know to maintain that top 16 host spot and in all honesty try not to be in that 13 to 16 range where you're grabbing one of the top four seeds on the road for the next match yeah i I think that's well said big win for mitsui on the road at auburn i I think he got a much needed bounce back and you know again i i still feel pretty good about monday who gets a big win over stice as well tough weekend for stice to get monday and ethan quinn like oh i and by the way (laughs) ethan quinn's winning again you know down, you know, uh, was had Alabama's Aguiard serving for this uh, match against him, gets the break there, forces a third against Bama, then gets the win against Stice for Auburn. Big weekend for Georgia. Alabama made that a match. And then all of a sudden, you know, again, Bride's able to separate. He has been so good. Again, so clutch so far this season, playing much closer to the best version of his game. Um, yeah, like, again, for this Tennessee team, they're just not winning the close matches right now this year. They're, they've played a lot of close matches up and down the schedule. And again, right now, the majority of them sadly are breaking off from them. That said, you know, again, four, three on the road comes down to a third set. Uh, they're still trying to figure out who is their number six guy, who are their five and six, who goes where uh, again, going to have to figure that out soon with conference play on the horizon. Looking at other sec results, uh, Kentucky, 4-3 win over Texas A&M. Again, a good bounce back for them after the tough one at South Carolina. It's funny. The more I watch them play, I actually am like, okay, no, no, no. This team is good. It's like even in a one-in-one loss, I still thought like, oh, no. Like, Kosne and and uh, and Weeks were both pushed to thirds. You know, again, both for – in the case of – I think they both lost first sets and were able to force those thirds. Kosne actually might have won the first Um I don't know. Like, are you feeling more clarity at the top of the SEC after the opening weekend, or are you still holding pretty firm in your tiers? Or South Carolina, Kentucky, drop a bunch of other schools? Yeah, to me, the only question is, is Georgia there or not? Okay. I mean, Tennessee's not. So, and then nobody else is there either. I mean, you know, the other team was Florida. And then you have the, you know, the, the whole bunch of Auburn and Mississippi State. But yeah, it's no, I'm still I'm still sticking there. The really the question to me is is where's Georgia? Is Georgia with Kentucky and South Carolina, or are they with Tennessee and anybody else that wants to join them in the in the next group down? I, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Well said. I mean, some other things I didn't mention. Mississippi State beating Florida 5-2. That's a little redemption after Florida knocked them off at home in the kickoff weekend. That was a really fun match across the board. Uh, you know, again. I will get the chance to see Mississippi State play this weekend at Auburn. As you mentioned, how are you feeling about your Bulldogs? Yeah, I, I mean, good. I'd be feeling a lot better if they didn't drop the, you know, the rivalry match with Ole Miss sure. after knocking off Florida. So that Which was, was a, a great bounce back for the Rebels. I mean, the Rebels yeah. are solid. Good win. Yeah, Ole Miss had really gotten nothing this year, way down in the rankings, really needed something. So that was a that was a big win uh, for them. And I mean, we knew it was going to come somewhere. I would have liked it not to be there personally, but but uh, they've got they've got too much, you know, depth and as well as just experience guys that have been around for you're looking down that lineup going, boy, Lithin, Engelhard, Yunk. I mean, these guys have been there for for a long time. 
there's too many, too much talent that's been there for too long for them to not win some SEC matches. So a good win for them. I feel good about Mississippi State. I'm really, I think that Mississippi State Auburn match tomorrow is going to be a great match. But the one that really shocked me from the weekend, and I, I mean, I'll let you lead us there. Well, so. we're going to get there in a second because right now, I think you can make an argument there are at least seven and upwards of eight, maybe nine teams in the SEC that think they're in the top, you know, certainly in top 16, host the first two rounds, if not more, of the NCAA tournament. You tell me if you agree or disagree. South Carolina. Absolutely. Kentucky. For sure. Georgia. That's three. I think Tennessee thinks they are. Yep, that's four. I think Florida thinks they are. Yeah, I mean, I think they think they are. Yeah, now we're getting into the, these are all battling for it. But yep, Florida, yes. I think Auburn still thinks they're in the hunt. Yep, that's five. I think Mississippi State still thinks they're in the hunt. Yep, that's seven. And then you could argue both A&M or Ole Miss, like they're the other one where you're like, maybe, maybe not. And Ole Miss certainly feels a little bit better after their win, to your point, over Mississippi State. But I'll tell you what, I don't know what to do with this Texas A&M team, because obviously they play Kentucky really close four three match. Uh, and then they dropped for the first time in program history, a four three loss to UTSA. And look. That's the danger sometimes of playing a double header. Your guys aren't quite ready to rock and roll. And it's worth noting Texas A&M didn't have Noah Schachter in the match against UTSA. But here's the thing. You know, A&M wins the doubles point in the match, Chris. 6-4, 6-4, Perigo loses at 2. 6-2-6, Love, Rollins loses at 3. 6-1-6, Love, Casper loses at 4. And then credit to Garrett Skelly of UTSA, a three-set win over Trey Hildebrand to clinch. They won doubles. They lost four singles matches. Like, that's a shout-out to UTSA. They played a really good match, Chris. They go out, they beat A&M. And I'm six and six right now, Chris, uh, looking at their uh, schedule. And look, they've still got the entire SEC to play with. Uh, obviously, they do get that South Carolina match at home. They get Auburn at home. They get Florida at home. Uh, they get Georgia on the road on Thursday. But like. Wow, that's all I got for you. Wow, that's the result of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, that that's the shocker. It's not just the shocker in the result, but to what you pointed out, I the the shockers in, in the scores. I mean, how I I don't I don't even understand how, first of all, and I'm pretty Schachter plays the first match. I don't know if it was. I mean, I would beat I can Draxel. only then just play it beats Draxel. Yeah, he beat Draxel. I can only assume that's a, all right. You get the next match off or play. Yeah. Right. And I mean, there's no other way I can explain that. And. And then, I mean, for for Rollins and Casper to get a total of three games between them, come on! I mean, that's just absolutely embarrassing. Uh, I mean, it, uh, again, like to your point, credit to UTSA, they did it; they pulled off the upset. But you do not schedule a doubleheader against a team that is potentially that dangerous, then pull your top guy and have those two guys go out there and you know do what they did. No, that's just that's not acceptable. And yeah, it's that was that was the shocker of the weekend to me. It's I don't know that it's going to I mean, this is a big weekend for them because they had on Monday, they played a they played another doubleheader Monday at home, but they played UT Arlington and USF at home. 
And then right after finishing that doubleheader, given they had that doubleheader on the, you know, two days earlier where they lost the mat, you know, they lost both of them. Now they got to jump on the road and go to Georgia and go to Mississippi State. Not not an easy, you know, not an easy week stretch for them by any means. So we'll be it'll be interesting to see how the, if they take what happened last weekend to heart and and turn turn things around this weekend. That's going to be a tough weekend. Look, Scotty B points out in the chat. UTSA was technically ranked ahead of AM. So technically it wasn't an upset. He's right. Shout out Scotty B. And you'd think the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula would have mentioned that, but he didn't. Um, look, nine and four is UTSA. They've got wins over FAU, over Wichita State, over AM now, Furman. Like they're probably getting into the NCAA tournament. Although obviously they've got conference USA matches uh still to be played here this year. They're a well, bubble team for sure. They're probably yeah. not winning the tournament conference, the conference tournament. So they're going to need that. I mean, that that was a huge match for them for their NCAA implications. Absolutely. Now, to your point, A&M's got Mississippi State on the road. They've got Georgia on the road. If you're a top 16 team, you got to go win both of these. Not one in one. You got to go win both of these. It's not happening. I'm not in the prediction business anymore, Chris. If I was in the prediction business, I'd predict they're winning both the matches this weekend. Now, I'm not in the prediction business anymore. I long ago retired. I learned, given the fact we have to commentate half of these matches, just about all of them in the SEC now, uh, at this point, stay away. But if I was in the prediction business, I'm not. But if I was, Chris, it's now or never. Like, congrats, A&M. The back is against the wall. A younger Alex Gruskin would have gone out and said, I bet they win both of these matches this weekend. Now, again, we'll be on the call for it tomorrow, noon Eastern time. Georgia taking on AM, ESPN Plus, SEC Network will have it for you on our cross court cast. I'm just saying, Chris, younger me, when he was frisky, back when I was handsome, I'm not going to say I had a full head of hair, but I was confident to not have to wear a hat. That Alex Gruskin, who showed up beat red to the press room in Wake Forest, he would have predicted A&M goes 2-0 this weekend, Chris. I, I will gladly, Alex, I will gladly receive a DM with a video from Julio Perego <laughs> that tells me how wrong I was, but they are not going 2-0 this weekend. And it's nothing against Georgia. Like, at home, Georgia was really good last weekend. Georgia's playing better and better. Um, yeah, it that it's that it's I mean, they do they need it. It's gonna be a tough yeah. weekend. Uh and it's a bet on this group. I kept saying they were a year away. So again, be a year away. It's time. The year is now. Like come yeah, on. This, but yeah. this is the this is the weekend for them. You know, they they get, you know, a few home matches after that. They they do still have, you know, they've got a match with Tulsa, which is gonna be a good one for them to be able to gain some points. They've got a match with Oklahoma at home, which is another good one. They've got opportunities to really get themselves back into a battle. If they could go on a run, to your point, if they went 2-0 and this weekend and then they beat Tulsa and then they beat Oklahoma and then they, you know, and th- they had some other good wins in the SEC, they're not out of, they're not even out of the top 16 conversation. But it's, again, it's one of those, yeah, run the table, guys, uh, and and you're back there. But no, this is this is the point where, uh, you know, a one in one weekend for them, actually a one in one weekend probably boosts their ranking regardless. The only thing that hurts them this week is if they go 0 and 2 from a ranking perspective. But from the long term ranking perspective, yeah, 
They need to win both matches. I just don't see it happening. They've played a lot of tennis lately. They're going on the road. It's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Backs are against the wall for this AM program. So we will see the two of the more interesting matches of the weekend. But let's move beyond the ACC. There are uh, SEC. There are other conferences that competed this past weekend, including the ACC, which is where I want to go next. The big thing for me was the tobacco road sweep. We were wondering how good is this Louisville team that was, you know, top 25 ish, by the way, I, I forgot to say this. You know who's rooting for AM to sweep this weekend? UTSA. They're going to end up like 29 in the rankings because AM goes on this run in the SEC and everyone's going to be like, how did this happen? Uh, and it'll be like, well, UTSA beat them 4 3. They were without Schachter. Yada, yada, yada. Um, anyways, though, Tobacco Road, Duke, UNC go on the road. They sweep Louisville and Notre Dame. I think we knew North Carolina was capable of that. And boy, do we now know North Carolina is firmly ensconced in that we're getting a top 16 seed, not just debate, but I think outside of UVA, they're like the team you would feel most confident about in the ACC right now, securing a top 16 seed by maybe some margin. But, you know, again, Duke in particular to go on the road to beat Louisville. They needed it. They got it. You know, they beat Notre Dame as well. A good follow-up victory there. Now, good win from, I'm blanking on the freshman's name, who plays one, the lefty for Notre Dame. Sebastian Domenico. Yeah, yeah, Domenico, who gets a good win over Garrett Johns at that one spot against Duke. But, like, again, good wins for both teams, Chris. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that's the one you asked me about last week, and you said, do they go 4-0? And I said, yes. The, The Honestly, the only hesitation match in my mind was Duke Louisville. I think it was de- it was a definite 3 and 0 uh in in the other three matches and I you know that's the one that could have gone either way but but yeah I, I and I'm with you the reason I felt so strongly about that is I thought North Carolina for sure they are they're they should be a lock top 16 they should have won both of those and they did very comfortably uh and then Duke you know they they win at Notre Dame I felt they would beat beat Louisville they did it's a little that's a little bit closer but yeah these teams they, they're definitely in you know in that out next behind virginia i think you got virginia to your point north carolina is next we're still not 100 sure where the hell wake forest is <laughs> but but in in that mix somewhere in that group with wake forest are you know is duke and is a potential you know florida state I think we saw this weekend, it's a hair of a step down after that to, to Louisville. But, uh, and, and then where is NC state in there? They're probably up in the former they're in, they're in that Florida state Duke mix right there. It, there's a lot of talent in, in the ACC right now. Yeah. Well, it was so interesting for this North Carolina team and maybe that much more impressive. They won't get an extra bonus point for it in the rankings. They would in my system, Chris, no Ryan Segerman this weekend. They win both matches without uh, Segerman. No singles, no doubles uh, for the transfer from Princeton. But again, like Poling, Jansen, you know, Chris Lee, they've all acclimated themselves very well to this North Carolina campus. They're playing really good ball. I don't think Cernak's even close to playing his best right now at the one spot, although he does manage to split with Donay, uh, and then the three-set win over Domenico. But like... That was what was particularly impressive for me for North Carolina, for this Duke team. I mean, for Garrett Johns to go, what? I guess he got a three-set win over Danae, but, like, 
you know, again, they're, to win, get that fortune win without Johns, that's huge for the confidence. I think uh, up and down the lineup, again, this Duke team's got a ton of experience. And then their freshman, Pedro Rodinas, playing some pretty good ball all right now for them at that number three spot. You're right. In a weekend that saw, well, let's move on to our next match, I suppose. Virginia blitzed Florida State. I mean, they won that match in about an hour and a half, Chris. And, you know, Rodesh gets a huge straight set win over ACC. Kiefer looked really good at that number six spot. And then, you know, Yusuf Rahani had played really good ball this year. Maybe the best player in the lineup, not named ACC for Florida State. And, you know, he had to step into the doctor's office. Doc Von Schulenberg gave him the business. Jeffrey Von der Schulenberg, the straight set win there. Like, that looked like the national championship winning Virginia team. And the big thing for me, I noticed, Rodesh is back at one. Like, I just think that's what you have to do. And I know we had that discussion recently on this show. And I'm pretty sure I was on the right side of history, as always, Chris, and you were on the wrong side. So shout out to me. Um, see, when was the last time we had a good shout out to me? So shout out to me there. Um, yeah, like I, that told me, again, tough loss for Florida State on the road to lose it in that fashion. But it was just because Virginia turned on the Jets. Like, that's the best I've seen them play all year. Yeah, Virginia absolutely playing great. Florida State, brutally horrible at doubles. I don't know how else to put it. They sure. they can't win a doubles point. I mean, I, they've got to figure something out. Uh, and they're, it's just not coming together for them in doubles. It, that's a team that <clears throat> we know. I mean, you mentioned some of the guys. They've had a lot of guys play well from an individual standpoint, but they've got some real sore spots right now with doubles being one of them. And I just... it. I don't think on any one given day, yes, they can probably step up and beat anybody in in the ACC. Over the long haul of an ACC season, can they do it? No, absolutely not. They've got too many weak spots right now. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, you mentioned NC State earlier, by the way. NC State, a good 4-2 win over Georgia Tech. They're starting to play better tennis. But can I tell you, you know what we haven't done in a while? We're getting uh -oh. back to our roots here. Yeah, I like that you say, uh-oh. Um, you know what's the best rivalry that no one talks about in college tennis, Chris? It comes in the ACC. Best rivalry no one talks about. We had this match. It was our finishing match on the red zone. Do you know what I'm talking about? Cross-court cast. Sorry, Westoff. Ah, uh, I, 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 I'm hoping you're going to tell me NC State, North Carolina. but No, last year, one team went on the road, beat the other 4-3. This year, that team defends their home courts, gets a 4-3 win. I'm talking Virginia Tech-Miami. Those oh. teams, they do not like each other. Yes. And that match got chirpy, and the sidelines were getting yelly. And when Virginia Tech, I mean, it was horribly. It, it's You know how I like to say incredible bad tennis? It was incredibly bad tennis, like in the best way. Like, oh, it was ugly. This it is your choppy. kind of match. Yeah, just yeah. everything you enjoy. And ultimately, the forehand for Virginia Tech, I forget the guy's name, at two, I think it was Moreno. Um, he ultimately wins out in the third. I mean, Miami, though, was down 3-1. They dropped doubles. They then win a couple three-set matches. They fight off some match points. It looked like they had momentum. Then Virginia Tech got the momentum back. It's the best rivalry no one talks about, Chris. And so we have to talk about it here on this show. I see you, Virginia Tech, Miami. And all I'm saying is I enjoy it. So let's find a way to make that a first-round conference tournament match, folks. Um, tough loss for Miami, though. I mean, Miami, like, they are 
they're they're in the wrong side of the tournament cutoff ranking right now. Yeah, it's on, and it's almost it, it's hard to fathom for me after watching the January. I mean, this wasn't like a fall hidden duel. This was a January hidden duel where they swept the top four from from Georgia. Yeah, like and and now they can't now they can't win a match. Uh, and I think that's Alvaro Ariza that you're talking about it. Yeah, too, for, for you're Virginia. right. Uh, I yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Which, just, by the way, Virginia Tech's not bad. Like Fishback, him, they're a solid squad. Yeah, you got Scott Scully in there. That's yeah, Maddie Stacks, buddy, right? Uh, and then uh, yeah, and then and then Coach Thompson's son Frank's on the team. I think he's playing singles as well. Mm-hmm. No, it's a fun group to watch. Certainly, compete again. I see you. I'm, I I just went on the diatribe. I see what they're up to in the ACC. Uh, and again, we have coverage every Friday, Sunday over on ACC Network, ESPN Plus for all of you college tennis fans. There. All right. Other things to know. We're going to rapid fire through these. Chris, you ready? Let's go. Columbia four over Northwestern. I said it was a winner go home last week. I stand by it. I don't see the path for Northwestern barring beating Michigan, beating two of Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois. You probably got to beat two of them now in conference play if you want to be a top 16 seed. On the flip side, Columbia-Harvard might be, again, another rivalry match that we need to like have circled on our calendar, Chris. Yeah, I mean, they've played once. It's going to be they're, – they're going to play again. And then they're – you know, who knows if they – actually, I don't think they play – they don't play a conference tournament in the Ivy League, right? No, it's just no. – yeah, it's like, hey, whatever happened, happened. That's the end of the season. That's too bad. But well, uh, Let the record show once again. You used to like to say that you were always a year early on teams. I like to think I can sometimes do that as well. Columbia is my perennial year early team. Like, if you saw what they were doing – under Howie and Rich, like the past three years recruiting. I know Rich is gone now, but like this team is by talent, one of the 15 best rosters in the country. And it's just a matter of, okay, can we get them up to speed? Can we have this team as fit as all the other, you know, power five teams that have the bigger resources, a little bit more time come May. But like Zang Kotzen, Horvat, Westpaul, Kotzen, Ruger, is ridiculous. Like that's a crazy good lineup, Chris, on paper. Yeah, I can't argue that. I I think I mean I think both both Columbia and Harvard are top sixteen teams. Yeah, can one of them get enough quality wins to actually be you know top eight? I think Columbia still plays Tennessee, don't they? Columbia, uh, and I'm not sure who else. I will look at their schedule in the moment, but yeah, um, I, go ahead. And and they've always they've always had I mean I know they made like the Texas swing last year or something where they played maybe Texas and Baylor or or something but yeah they they play some good non conference matches uh, and uh, they've got a good shot at it but uh, that's a they're a really talented team they've got Cal Pepperdine and and uh, and UCLA still on the schedule they had to reschedule their match with Tennessee I think it's yet to have been rescheduled but that is potentially available down the road. Arizona State knocked off by Baylor in the kickoff weekend. Arizona State returns the favor. 4-3 win in Waco over the past week. Arizona State drops the doubles point. And yet, you know, Brackman beats Musa at six. Uh, Cautious beats K- uh, Koenig at four. And then the top two, McKinnon flips the script. Miladinovich gave him the business on kickoff weekend. This time it's McKinnon four and four at two. And then 
as expected, really good match, but Murphy Cassone, Teddy Perlek, they go three sets. This time it's Cassone, 6-2 in the third. That's a tough loss for Baylor. It's a really good win for Arizona State. That's a great win for Arizona State. I mean, I, that wasn't really all that competitive a match kickoff weekend. Um, FYI, Tennessee shows that Columbia match on the schedule, on our broadcast, no less, on ah, the twenty like on the on the 24th. Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's I, – I, I mean – the direction those two teams have gone since that first match is, you know, it, it, they're inversely proportional. I mean, Baylor, things continue to slide. Arizona State has, you know, picked up a little. It's been, it, we knew it was going to be a rough year for them. Garcian didn't come back. They never got hands like eligible. That left you with basically Murphy, Koshis, and a, you know, and a fill in cast with McKinnon and who else after that. But a great win, I mean, an absolutely great win for them uh, over Baylor. So, you know, hats off, but they they didn't get both of them over the weekend, right? Yeah, no Finn Bass for Baylor. He's clearly dealing with a lingering, you know, he's been dealing with that injury now for a month. um, And that matters. But, yeah, no, I mean, again, you're right. Things are starting to click for an Arizona State team that certainly has enough players to make things interesting. And again, to drop the doubles point on the road, find four singles victories. That's incredibly impressive. All right, let's increase the rapid end of this rapid fire. Is Cal top 16 good? They get a 5-2 win over San Diego this past weekend. That's my question to you now. 7-2 is this Cal team. Are they top 16 good, Chris? Uh, I think you have to say yes. If you draw the line around a, a bubble around all those teams that are probably that you think are say 14 to 20. And I tell you how many of them are going to have, you know, how many of them have at least four guys say that are 13 plus UTRs. That's probably right around the cut line. And Cal does. Uh, yeah. So I say, yes. Kikuchi straight set win over Irovasa. Five three-set matches in San Diego, Cal. Cal wins three of them uh, again for this, or they win four of them, excuse me. Yeah, like Cal solid. They're they're in the conversation. I think, you know, after Stanford, USC, they're probably the third best team right now in the Pac-12. Yeah, we know we know a lot about Kikuchi. We've seen plenty of Ryder Jackson. We've seen a ton of Sid the man. Uh, yeah, exactly. and, even you know, overbeak not, we've seen our overback we've seen a decent amount of yeah and, and overback and it then it really comes down to okay how, what are they you know like so many teams what are they getting at five and six well like so many teams back in the day nowadays it's like oh you don't bring uh i don't know jack anthrop off the bench like are yeah, you even yeah, in the well, national championship yeah. conversation no um no very well said by you uh, Cal is a team to watch. C- Coach Quinta has them firing. Oklahoma, you mentioned it. They beat Arizona State. They're, I just like, uh, they're going to be the team I'm watching at all times because, like, they're, they could be a three seed in a region and then make the Sweet 16. Yeah. This, I, I, watching Oklahoma results is like watching Kyrios. I, I mean, I, it's, <laughs> It is. It's like, like they're stellar. And then they absolutely like you're not even sure if they're trying. I know I, I, it's like watching 2018 Sabalenka where you're like, <laughs> you're like, we see it, but it's like we see it for 10 minutes. And then there's seven minutes where you're like, are you going to make a serve? Or, no, you're not. OK. Um, 
No, again, I, I love watching this Oklahoma team. They play yeah, fun matches. Yeah, super, super dangerous team. They've got all kinds of talent if they put it together. Yeah, not definitely not a team anybody wants to see as their, you know, their first round opponent uh, in their bracket on on the as a, you know, that you're hosting for that first round of NCAAs. Absolutely. All right. Rapid fire through some other with NCAA tournament implications. San Diego, who's replacing Davies, Osorio, Holmgren. They beat Old Dominion. They beat SMU. Yeah, they dropped the match to Cal. But like, man, for a San Diego team that's working in a bunch of different freshmen, we got to see them today. They're good, man. Like they play with energy. This is a good San Diego team. I don't know about top 16, but they're in the top 25 hunt for sure. Yeah, they're not they're not a top 16. They are good. They're in they're in your, you know, year away category. Tarvit is just Tarvet's, he is the good. new Zeke Clark. He is loud. He is a gr- like just energetic. He gets to everything. I forget need I'm forgetting who it is at six, but he's solid as well. I thought yeah, uh yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're just they're good. This is a good team. It yeah, it's it's a good team. It's a team that I I don't think I don't think any of your, you know, your top eights are going to be overly scared seeing yeah, them yeah. this year. I think they're a year away, but they're, you don't, in that two, three match, that's not a team you want to find. I think 2025 San Diego beats 2022 San Diego. I think this team's two years away, two years from being like really good. Like yeah, top tar- six, like we'll see you at the indoors. Good. Tarvit in two years might be Holmgren. Yeah, that's. That's a take. Now we're talking. Welcome back, Chris. 53 minutes in. Now we're rolling. Uh, SMU gets a good win over Old Dominion before falling today to San Diego. That SMU team, 7-7 seven and seven overall. I like them, man. They're, they they should make the NCAA tournament. I expect them still to win the conference. Yeah. I, I mean, it's yeah, they're, they've had some good wins and some, eh, you know, but they're, they've got enough talent on the roster that they're going to win their share of matches. They will make the tournament. Yeah, I think they're one you have to watch. Any other NCAA-specific tournament lingering results we didn't get to today? We mentioned a lot here on today's show. That's how you know we've started March, is now we're getting to the 25-match catalogs where West Stuff's like, no, we're not talking about that one. Tulane, 4-3 over middle I, Tennessee. That, that's that's the one I was. I had to bring up. Look, that Tulane match. Tulane almost knocked off Middle Tennessee in the Blue-Gray Classic. It came down to, you know, they played singles first there because of weather. It came down to doubles. They were up 5-4, and they end up losing a 7-5 double set and 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 the, the the entire match off of that. We turn it right around, and we end up in another three-all match, and Rafael, Rafael de Alba gets – he wins – he gets his doubles point 10-8 in a breaker, loses the first set, wins a second set breaker 18-16 – uh, saving seven match points and eventually that which what was the match as he comes back and wins it in the third and they knock off middle Tennessee four three. That was a huge match for Tulane. Look, they're there right now in ranking. They have a brutally difficult schedule. They are still going to be very hard pressed as the number of wins that count increase. They're going to need another win or two like that. They have talent. But boy, are they on the short end of the scheduling stick right now? They're going to need a couple big wins. UCSB is another team that I, I that I'm looking at, thinking you know that's a that's an NCAA bubbleish caliber team. I, they're they're in right now, uh, and that they had you know they had a, a win or two over the weekend. Watching them, that's good. The other team that we haven't talked about, Memphis, 
a win over Tulsa. Tulsa is on the outside looking in, even though they've got talent right now. They lost 4-0 to Arizona today as well, Tulsa. Exactly. And then they lose that 4-2 match to Memphis. Things are looking tough for them right now. They're definitely out, but it's a team that ought to be in. Yeah. The other one, UCLA, big win 5-2 today over Penn. Needed it. They got it. That's a big win for the Bruins. That's your look at the past week, folks. Everything that happened in the Division One men's college tennis world. And with those results in mind, we're ready to unveil our newest cracked rackets top 10. We'll show that on your screen now. Of course, for those of you listening to this show in podcast form, here is what our cracked rackets top 10 rankings look like. Super producer Daniel Westoff puts them on the screen, as you can see for us. If you're tuning in here live on YouTube, TCU still at the number one spot, Texas State. Still at two. South Carolina, though, leapfrogging from six to three. Everyone else down a slot. Michigan four, Ohio State five, Kentucky six, Virginia seven, USC eight, Georgia nine, UNC up to the number 10 spot. This looks a lot like my rankings, Chris. I think I had Ohio State and Michigan flipped just because Ohio State also has the win over Texas. But like, yeah, directionally, this feels pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be hard to not be directionally correct here. All of us are going to be, we all have TCU one. We've probably all got those, you know, six, seven, eight, a top eight. It's all going to be the same. Yeah, that jumble of teams there is all going to be the same. And then it's a question of, yeah, are you putting, you know, did you throw Georgia in there? And, and, you know, I actually got to the point where I think I had North Carolina finished rounded out nine and I struggled with, boy, who do I make 10? And I think I threw Georgia in there. But uh, but yeah, I, I I think we're all probably in the same same area here. Yeah, no, Harvard, Columbia, Stanford, all in that mix for that number 10 spot, of course. How does our ranking compare to the ITA rankings right now? You look at those TCU one, Texas two, Michigan three, Ohio State four, South Carolina five. But obviously this came out before South Carolina beat Ohio State. You have Kentucky six, Georgia seven, USC eight, North Carolina nine, Harvard currently sitting at the number 10 spot. I mean, right now, again, Harvard 10, Columbia 11, Cornell sitting at 21. It's a good time to be a member of the Ivy League in the rankings. Any, any other computer rankings stick out to you in particular right now, Chris? I don't think there's any anything sticking out that much. I mean, there there's some teams that just haven't had an opportunity, like your Ole Miss until they beat Mississippi State, that haven't had an opportunity in Tulane to get – that are good teams that haven't had wins yet, but you know, that's all gonna, that's all gonna play itself out right now. I don't think there's anything too terribly out of place, if you will. I mean, a couple of teams in there, we don't talk about a lot that I think we talked about Cal today. That was good. VCU, another team we haven't talked a lot about. They're a, you know, they're a top 30 team now in the computer rankings. I mentioned UCSB, uh, a lot of the other teams, uh, I think, for the most part, in the top 40, we've we've talked a fair amount about. Yeah. Top 10 of the individual singles rankings. Spaziri still at one. Quinn, two. Bosferetti, three. ACC, four. Connor Thompson, five. Ahead of Toby Samuel at six. Monday up to seven. Basing, eight. Fenty, nine. Styler, 10. Uh, that's fascinating to me. Maloney up to number 17 as well. So three Michigan players inside the top 20. Um I mean, again, you look at plenty of Ohio State Buckeyes up and down this singles rankings as well. Texas, their next highest ranked player, I believe, is Sam Waldeep, uh, who's sitting currently at number 18. 
Anything in the individuals? Oh, I, for, I should say in the doubles, Samuel Thompson, number one, Luchonic Tracy, who aren't playing together right now. They're at two. Harper Spaziri, three. Pat Harper and Joe Monday up to four. I think that's right. And that tells you just right away how good that team was on paper has translated to the court. Anything stand out in the individuals? No, I think that nothing that's, that stands out so much as I think the big thing that most of the fans are going to look at is you're telling me Ethan Quinn's two after you told me he lost like 9 million matches in a row, right? And what I'll say is we've talked about it on many occasions. I will translate that to the team rankings and say, this is why we say play as many top 10 teams as you can, because it's way more about the wins than it is about the losses. The formula rewards you for big wins. You get penalized almost nothing for a loss to a good team. Now you lose to an unranked team or as a singles player, you, you lose to an unranked singles player. There's a penalty, but Ethan Quinn is the perfect example of all those wins that he's got over top 10 guys count way more than the fact that he's lost to a whole bunch of top 10 guys as well. And the same applies to, you know, to the team. So that's why you see, you know, perennially coaches like Ty Tucker or, you know, like Virginia used to do. And you see a lot of schools doing it now schedule all the top 10 teams. There's no, there's no harm in losing to them whatsoever. The only harm is you only get 25 dates and you don't want to waste too many of them. If you're going to go, you know, Oh, and 10 against those teams. <laughs> but if you're good and you can beat and you can win half those matches, if you go five and five, whether you're a singles player or a team, you go five and five against other top 10 teams, you're going to be, you know, top five. I'm looking right now. Maloney might get into the NCAA tournament simply because he beat Basing at the indoors. Like, God, he needed that win after not playing the fall and he got it. And to see him at 17, I was like, what has he done? I mean, not that he hasn't won a lot, but I was like, who has he beaten? And it's like, oh, he beat Basic. And that's why he's in the top 25 now. So, um, yeah, it's crazy to see, again, the volatility of these rankings early. But obviously, things starting to shake themselves out. With that said, that's a look at the rankings. Let's look at the week ahead. Let's start with what we've got for you all here at Crack Rackets. Coming tomorrow on our SEC coverage, we've got a bunch of fun matches for you. All of them men's on Thursdays. Of course, we'll cover the women Friday as well. But tomorrow, coverage starts at noon. Georgia taking on AM. Tennessee looking to bounce back. They're taking on Vanderbilt. We've got that aforementioned Mississippi State Auburn top 25 battle. Kentucky taking on LSU and Arkansas taking on Ole Miss. That's the SEC schedule. Of course, we've already talked about that, Chris. So let's move beyond the SEC. Any other matches in particular on the schedule this weekend? Catch your eye. Um. I don't know the the, the SEC are the, are the ones that that really catch my eye. I I would have liked to see like you know Baylor USC be a little more intriguing than I think it's going to be right now. Baylor's just just pretty banged up, and I I don't really see that. UCLA TCU. Um, I mean, we'll we'll see what 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 UCLA might be able to bring uh, in that match. I don't know. I. Not a lot of big matches, I don't think, uh, outside of that right now. We're still, you know, in the ACC, Florida State, Wake Forest. No, Florida State's weekend. They're playing Wake Forest and NC State. That's the yeah. one I turn to because it's like yeah. we talked about the tiers there. Let's figure some – sorry, West Up. Let's figure some shit out. Like, let's yeah, roll Those the three teams out. are like – they're in the same group. Something's going to happen here this weekend. 
hundred percent. And it's like, let's find out again. Those are going to be fascinating matches. Oklahoma playing Pepperdine playing Cal Columbia has got Cal this weekend as or on Monday as well. Like that's a must watch match for sure. I mean, and you're, you're obviously not going to segue for me. So of course I'm going to call out Liberty at Arizona state. Come there on. It is. There it is. That's a good one as well. No, the I flames mean, at the aforementioned hot Arizona state now. Yeah. yeah. Auburn's got Tulane as well. Like that's an interesting one for this Tulane team trying to, you know, again, catch some lightning in a bottle as well. Yeah, it's, it's another really good weekend in the college tennis world. And obviously, again, we've got SEC coverage for you Thursday, Friday, SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus, of SEC Network and ESPN Plus, excuse me, of course, ACC Network, ESPN Plus, Friday and Sunday for the ACC, Sunday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel for all of the Big Ten action as well. With all of that in mind, folks, that's your past week in the Division One men's college tennis uh, world. That's your look ahead as well. Of course, we will be back next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel to break it all down once again. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, on the ones and twos. Does a heck of a job making all of our content possible. Shout-out, of course, as well to our dear friends at LS for their support. Again, to learn more, click on the link in the description to the show. Chris, final words. You're going to be joining me on our SEC broadcast. Any final thoughts? Any things before we wrap today's show? No, I'm excited. Another another cross-court cast tomorrow and a, a good full day starting at noon of SEC action. So be a be a nice long day. I, what, I mean, what more could I ask for on a Thursday than to spend eight hours with you, Gruskin? That's, we're back to our roots, Chris. That's We are back to where we belong. So, yeah, go go to bed. I'm demanding you rest up. Um, limited to three bourbons tonight, por favor. Um, but, no, as always. I guess I'm done. <laughs> but, as always, uh, for the fantastic Lean Mean Vegan Machine, Chris Halley, or our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at LS, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Chris, what do we tell our listeners? Hey. Great shot. And we will see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.